Blog Talk Radio. Uh, broadcast that we 
uh, helps sponsor each and every week is uh, Evangelist Wonder Clay. She was uh, previously coming on Friday mornings from 8 to 9, and she's going to move her show starting next month, starting in July, the first Wednesday in July. I think it will be July the 4th, and she's going to be coming on from 8 to 8.30. And the name of her program is God's Sacred Word, which is a Bible study program. So I encourage you to listen to that and be encouraged and impacted and so you too can run a little further, a little longer in the Lord. Uh, as a, as always, we like make mention of our uh, uh, sponsor this program, Beverly Beadley and Granny Place Ministry. Granny Place Ministry is a nonprofit ministry that's striving, that's attempting, that's committed to working in the lives of young people and and homeless people and people that just seem to have lost their way. Granny Place Ministry have a, liter- a literacy class coming up here uh, in August that we're going to be a part of. And so i give you more information once that, uh, that date is established and we'll just go from there. But I encourage you to go to grannyplaceministry.org and see what Granny Place Ministry is up to. And maybe you too could be a part of uh, doing something for the kingdom. If you're not involved in something already, I encourage you to get involved in something uh, that makes a difference. You know, I was slogan I always say, help change your life. You know, I, and I say that with a smile because I thank God for people like you and for other men and women that help change my life. You know, I ain't always done what I always be doing at this moment here. I was doing something else. I was doing some things that bring tears to my own eyes. And yeah, but yet people had enough faith in me. God never gave up on me, and so it allowed me to go a little further. I'm, I get this this uh, scripture echoed in my mind with Jesus told Peter, said, Peter, 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 and Satan asked permission. He came to me and said, hey, man, I want Peter. And Jesus said, no, you can't have Peter. You know, I prayed for Peter. And then he said, Peter, I pray for you that when you are restored. I said, wow. He said, when you are restored, not if you get restored, that you might be restored, but when you are restored. You to strengthen your brother. And you know, that's a call for all of us that have been born again, all of us that have been bought with a price, that when we get out of that situation, that we to help someone else. And, you know, and, and I love that. I love that because someone helped me. So I'm, uh, uh, so I find it an honor to be able to share the gospel, to be able to share life experience with someone else. I do mentoring, and I uh, do mentoring at Dallas Life Foundation. I do mentoring over at the Cottrell House. And I do mentoring at the jail. When I'm saying mentoring, I'm sharing the gospel. You know, because what the mentoring is, it's just sharing the gospel, sharing life experience. And with these men, and occasionally women, I don't do much women's ministry like I used to, because we have a group of women that takes care of that for us, and we thank God for it. They're very committed. Uh, evangelist uh, Sharon, she goes over, her and a group of ladies goes over to the uh, uh, K building downtown Dallas, which is Dallas County Jail. On the third Sunday of each month, third Sunday of each month, and so they down there and they take care of God's business and they do a great job. Some hearts have been touched and some ladies have been encouraged. And occasionally the ladies will write them a letter and they share the letter with me and the rest of the ministry team, uh, talking about how much of a blessing they have been and how their lives have been changed and how they want to continue on the path that God helped. Uh, uh, chose for them, even though they're in jail and they are incarcerated, they know the presence and the power of God, and they want to continue to live that lifestyle after they've been released, and that's a that's a blessing right there. 
Because, you know, I did a message the other day, and I'm going to share it with you before we go into our archives clipping this morning. But I shared a message out of the book of Luke 21, and uh, and I entitled it, The Best of Times and the Worst of Times. And it's, uh, and I'm going to set the stage here for you. We're just talking. You're my friend. I can just talk to you. But the stage was with Jesus was in Jerusalem, and his, his disciples were with him, and, and they was walking around, and they was taking in all the sights and sounds of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was, was a bustling city, and everything was going on, and they were walking past one of the temples, and the, and, and the temple was beautiful, and it was adorned with great stones and the marble works, and, and the temple was just a, a beauty to to the sights of the, uh, the disciples, you know, because the the nation of Israel was built around the temple. Everything that they had, they trust and they hope in God was in the temple, you know, because they know that it was uh, in the temple was the presence of God. And the disciples told, would ask Jesus, "Look at how beautiful this temple is! How how beautiful it is adorned and all the fine furniture in it." And Jesus said, "Yeah, that's nice, but it's gonna come a day that not even one of these stones are gonna be left upon another." And then the disciples said, "Now wait a minute. Now when is this thing gonna happen? And when are we gonna uh, have a sign?" And I got to thinking, you know, this is the best of times. This is the worst of times. We have everything available to us, but yet we have nothing. You know, people have uh, 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 access to money. You know, the other day, well, oh. Uh, my grandchild sent me a little app, said, Papa, if you want to send me some money, you could do it on my phone. And they got this little app on the phone that you could just transfer money from one person to another through the phone without ever touching the money, without even seeing the person. Yet, uh, I can transfer you money without ever even uh, giving it to you, without ever even uh, going to the bank. The best of times and the worst of times. We know we have access to the Internet. We can go anywhere we want over the Internet, and yet we don't go anywhere. We can stay in our little room, our little cubbyhole, at our little desk to just just submerse ourselves in the Internet all day long. We'd have been everywhere, but yet we hadn't been anywhere. I had a grandchild, and I, uh, he uh, came over, and I asked him what he was doing. He said, I hadn't done anything. I said, really? You ain't done anything all day? He said, no, I just went on a little video game. Imagine a little kid being occupied with the video game all day, but yet hadn't done nothing. I got to thinking, you know, those things are great and marvelous, and I take advantage of those things just like you do. I use those things that are that that's available. But sometimes those things get in between, uh, get in the way with our relationship with our Lord and Savior. You know, sometimes we don't think about God when I can just reach out and ask somebody for some money and they can send it over to me. Uh, I can get on the Internet and I can shop until my heart is content and then receive what I get in a day or two. I got to thinking, you know, that's doing us a disservice because it's the best of times, it's the worst of times. We have everything available, but yet we have nothing. We have jobs, but we don't have enough money to pay our bills. We accumulate a lot of stuff, and but stuff have, have consumed us. The best of times and the worst of times. But God is able. I had a friend that called me up the other day, and it it, it took a bit. I God spoke to me, made a little, you know, it, it gave me a little insight. A friend called up and said, "Hey, I just." Paid off a bill. I paid my car off, and I heard it in their voice. They said, "I paid my car off. 
I paid my car off, and they got to made a little jingle out of it. I paid my car off. I got to thinking, if we can get so excited about paying a bill off, and I get excited too. Now, don't get me wrong, but what's so, how much more pleasant it would be to be excited about my God. My God, I got my, my self-respect back. I got my freedom back. I got my sound mind back. I got my relationship back. You know, and all that comes from God. And so I got to thank you. We ought to be happy that God allowed us a second chance. God, thank you for allowing me to get up this morning and get on this blog called radio. Thank you, dear Lord, for giving me sound mind. Thank you, dear Lord, for uh, having a roof over my head. Because we realize that some people don't have this opportunity or don't have the things available to them right now. And so we want to pray for our brothers and our sisters that they, too, would get their relationship back, that they get their freedom back, that they get their peace of mind back that comes from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But I would just like to give you a, uh, a rundown on what I'm going to be doing today as as normal and uh, as awesome as possible. I'm going over to the Contrail House. We have a garden over there, so I'm going to be working in the garden with the young man this morning. We'll try to get over there before it gets too hot. Uh, what we're going to do, we're going to plant some uh, uh, some more vegetable plants over there this morning because I want the garden to look good because we have been blessed to have someone to come out from Power Queen College uh, next weekend, the upcoming weekend, brother, and they're going uh, to look at our garden. They're going to give us some advice. And I, mean, and I pray that they take ownership of the garden. They say, hey, we want to help sponsor your garden because they see the value of it. You know, Power Queen have turned into a, a horticultural college now. It's similar to uh, uh, Texas A&M, and so they're teaching young men about horticultural, and, and Power Queen have a garden over there, and I experienced a garden. Every Thursday from 3 to 7, they are selling vegetables from their garden, and it's, oh, man, it's a beautiful garden. They have some tomatoes, some cucumbers, some greens, some kale, and um uh, and and they grow some watermelon, and they also have some eggs, and everything is organic. They have some eggs over there. They have uh, some uh, chickens over there. They and the chickens are laying eggs, and they and this is all natural, you know. Uh, so this is a great opportunity to kind of get control of your health back. I got my health back. <laughs> you see how all those things fall in now with the word of God. And so I encourage you, if you have an opportunity to go with Paul Quinn on Thursdays from 3 to 7, they have their garden set up, and you too can uh, so can support what they're doing and encourage those young men and women that they're on the right track and that they're doing something to make a difference in society. Help change the life in Jesus' name. Again, you're listening to Free on the Inside, your host, Minister Joel Lewis, and this is the day that the Lord had made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, you can reach out to me at this number. This is 310 Our phone line is lighting up here. We thank everyone for calling in and listening to the program. God bless you. And just, just share the information that we're going to share with you this morning here, and we're going to run an archives uh, section of programmers on on our uh, HIV prevention. Man, God, that's very important. I saw a little, I saw a lot of bands out this summer here. So uh, we have occasionally uh, we have some uh, representatives from the various departments of HIV uh, to come on and share with us, and we want to kind of keep that up front. And we realize 
that sometimes we take these things for granted. We say, I don't want to know nothing about it. But it's good to know that because someone may come up to you and say, hey, I've been diagnosed with an illness and I want you to pray for me. You don't have to know uh, and go into extent about the illness, but you at least know how to comfort them. You know, there was a time when people had this dreadful disease and people were running and people were scared to death. But now, since we know how to conduct ourselves around someone that has that, We'll know how to pray for them. We'll know how to encourage them. And, you know, and, and, and then we'll know how to uh, interact with them. And it's very important. It's very important. You know, when we find ourselves on our bed of affliction, sin, and that people tend to uh, uh, stay away from you, whether you're a drug addict, they want to stay away from you, or whether you're a uh, 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 their voice, they want to stay away from them. That's why all these things that tend to separate you from uh, from your relationship with God and from men because sometimes people know that some, you're going through something they don't want to, you're unemployed. Wait a minute. They don't want to mess with you because they think that you're going to be asking for money. <laughs> I just lost my job. Now you know you call because you're scared that I might need something. So we want to uh, be mindful that God has equipped us for our uh, aspects of life here, so we want to do the best we can to, with our brothers and our sisters. This is a, uh, a archive pro, uh, portion that's coming up, and something that I uh, really enjoy talking with. And I enjoy these men and women because uh, we never know uh, what we could glean from information like this here. And so, what we're going to do, we're going to sh- share with you a portion of this archive program. And then we'll play something else as time permits it. But again, the call in number is 310-982-4126. You too can call in and voice your opinion and your com and your comments towards this program. And again, I want to thank you. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for listening to this program each and every weekend. You know, this pro- we've been doing it for quite a while. We want to we thank you. And I, you know, and I'm looking forward to the guest that's going to.
our caterer, the guy that's been fixing our meal for the last two years, fix a great meal, him and his staff, where we don't have to have the volunteers to do any food preparation. His wife got sick. She had a stroke, and she had a, 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 a allergic reaction to some medication. And so she was in the hospital for two months. And he told me uh, a, a month prior to uh, him uh, preparing the food, he said, Brother, look, I can't make it. My wife is sick. And I said, I understand. I said, I understand. I said we'll do something different. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll make the food ourselves. Cause we do this anyway. Well, when we go down to Dallas Life Foundation, cause I was praying on God. I said, no worry about you. I already prepared it for this. You prepare a meal once a year for the residents down at Dallas Life Foundation. And so, and then, so we uh, we didn't have our caterer. And then the next thing came up that the church got a new pastor, and the new pastor we don't mind doing it, but because of the scheduling that I wasn't aware that y'all do what y'all do on a particular day, we scheduled for a garage sale to use the uh, the gym where we initially set up and do all our registration, and then we move into the sanctuary. So he said we can't use the gym. I said, wow, we can't. He said, I love for y'all to come over here, but we can't. But the gym is not available because we went and put all the stuff for the garage sale in the gym. The gym was packed full of items for the garage sale. They were beautiful, too. They had all kind of stuff that you could buy at a real good price. And yet we couldn't use the gym. And I said, oh, Lord. I said, don't worry about it. You know, you know, do you believe in me? Do you want to continue to do this? I said, yeah, Lord. But I have challenges. I, I didn't know if I could do this. I didn't know if it was going to come about. And, you know, sure enough, men and women came out. And we had a larger crowd than we ever had. And we were able to... Uh, do the things that God asked us to do. We had a, uh, someone came out from Parkland with one of our speakers, and he talked about health, and people were very encouraged, man. That that was a great session. Then we had someone on marriage, and he came out, and he shared with us in marriage. And we had a uh, financial coach that came out and talked about finances. And then we had someone that talked about legal aid. And everyone said, man, this is the greatest Comfort that you ever put together. I said, "Wow, do you know you don't realize the challenges I had?" I don't tell everybody about this, but I wanted to tell you because you're my friend, and so I want you to know that regardless of what you're going through, you keep your hands to the plow, and God will work it out. I'm going to stop right here for a moment, and I'm going to go ahead and and we're going to do our archive program that's coming up about. Uh, AIDS, and we have an AIDS activist on here that's going to share with us. And also someone from the jail is going to do it. I conducted this interview a few years ago, and I pray that you enjoy. Kick back and relax. I'll be with you shortly. And uh, what's significant is that in this particular basic class that we teach, we have about 20% of it on the Holy Spirit. We do have healings. Uh, we do pray. We have prayer healings. And uh, recently, one of the uh, dorms of 24 men, three men came up following the scripture of Paul with prayer cloths, and we've had three people out of four have been healed from cancer already, one liver cancer, uh, one uh, with colon cancer, and another with prostate cancer. The first two were healed through uh, all these, the first two were healed through surgery. They were diagnosed before they went into surgery. They came out of surgery completely healed, Uh, the cancer gone. And the other person, the third person, had liver cancer, and uh, she f- fought this. Uh, she's a strong, strong prayer woman and Christian. And uh, with chemotherapy, two bouts of that, the uh, the uh, cancer is gone. There's no trace of it at all. Her doctors have told her. So praise the Lord for that. Amen. 
Amen. Now, Frank, tell us about uh, about this uh, about your ministry. How it is structured as you go in on a weekly basis? Because I have been a part of that, and I'm very excited and pleased to be a part of that. But for our listening audience, give us a a layout of how, how your ministry is conducted on a weekly basis. Sure. Jail. When when we go in, we do a worship service first, and uh, in the beginning is just more or less an opening uh, greetings that we make back and forth, praising the Lord. We then go into singing. We usually sing two songs. Uh, How Great Is Our God, for example, is one of them that we sing. And uh, when that is over with, uh, then we go into our talk that lasts about 30 minutes, 35 minutes. And uh, when a talk is over with, we open it up for announcements. And then when the announcements are over with, uh, we then go into a group discussion. And then when we're done with the group discussion, 10 minutes before we end the two-hour session that we have, we pray out, laying out hands, the men that will be leaving prison, uh, going back into the into the world. Amen. Now, we really have multiple uh, ministries in our in our overall ministry umbrella, and the the Christian teaching is one of them. But we also do something else. We also add testing to that, where the uh, men and women are given tests. Uh, after the talk, they go back and answer those, and they work in groups, they work individually, anything they want to do. And we found this has been helping the retained and uh, the learning and the retention of material that we do pass out quite a bit. Also, uh, one day we asked four, four years ago how many men in, in, in this group of 50 actually were connected to a church right today and knew where to go when they left. Only eight hands went up out of 50, around 50. And the Lord told me there, we have to deal with that. We have to do that. So we put together another ministry that we believe we have one of the most innovative uh, methods out there of helping the uh, men get connected to, or and women get connected to a church before they actually leave uh, the faith-based storm that they're in. And actually to encourage them, and many have done this, they actually get a connection with the church they, they decided they want to go to when they leave. We put a lot of emphasis on this because... We have two roles there. One is not just to – this is an important role now, spiritual, very, very important, number one. Number two is help to reduce the recidivism rate. In other words, Amen. Yes. reduce the number that are coming back. Now, the average rate, I've been told, in Dallas prisons is about 65. A dorm, the faith-based dorms, uh, dorm out in Hutchins, where we've been in over four years, uh, I think actually over five years, has a recidivism rate between 10 and 30%. And that's a huge, huge, uh, you know, uh, actually that is, we didn't realize this, but this really is helping to, to make safer communities. Because if you release 100 men and only 10 or 30 are going to ever come back because of committing another another prison versus 65 that will be coming back and will be committing another crime, otherwise they won't come back in, that, that's a huge impact on, on the on communities, you know, around the area yes, and actually wherever they go back to. So that's been another thing that's kind of that's kind of fallen out of the work that we've done. That's been all spiritually led. Hey, Amen. That is a, that's a blessing because as we go down there on a weekly basis, we see young men that have been in there several times. They get out of state ninety, hundred a year or so, and then they right back again. So right, I commend right. you for the work that you're doing and, and how you're targeting that need there. Now, tell us about the ministry. What's the name of your ministry? Well, it's it's uh, Alpha, but we are uh, we are in the process right now of starting up on actually switching all this into another. Uh, 
It's a nonprofit organization called uh, Alpha Plus. Apple Plus? And Alpha Plus Prison Ministry. It's going to be very specific, only for prison ministry. It's going to pull all the curriculum of Alpha underneath it. But in addition, we are firing up other ministries as well. Uh, one example is that we now have a system where we can send cards, birthday cards, to all the men and women in the faith-based dorms that we serve. And it's relatively easy to do, you know, in theory. But what makes the impact in a, in, in a prison ministry is, is volunteers. You can have all the great ideas in the world, but if you don't have any volunteers to implement them, you're not going to go anywhere. Hey, man, you really said something there. And where we've been blessed through the Holy Spirit is people coming to us. And what we do is also very innovative. <clears throat> people say, I think I want to go to prison ministry. Well, what we do is we say, come out to Hutchins, spend one evening with us, just come along, shadow us, observe. And after that, one night, two hours, we'll get you in a special pass. You'll know right away or right afterwards if prison ministry is for you or not. And we've been doing this for a couple of years. And so far, only one man who came in there decided it wasn't for him. Amen. That's a great That's a great technique there because we know people have that desire, but once they get in, they see it may not be for them. But a lot of them, they'll stick with it. They'll just go ahead and say, yes, this is what I want to be, and I commend you for doing that there because a lot of times people don't you know don't want to take the time out or don't want to make themselves available. Right. And volunteering right. is very important. Now tell me now, uh, uh, what are some of the, uh, you know, I know about the uh, training for, uh, t- uh, that we need to get into Hutchison. What training do, would a volunteer need to get into Hutchison to get a, be a part of your program? Uh, well, actually, there really is no training for us. I mean, you got to go through the regular, uh, you know, the uh, Texas Department of Criminal Justice training to get in there is two hours. you got to apply to be a volunteer, you know, in the prison system in Texas. And that's all that's done. Every, nothing else is really, uh, there's no training. The only, well, the real training is on-the-job training. Amen. Yeah, I like that. That's what I want you to say was on the job training because sometimes people say I don't have any skills and no talent to do it. But you know what? If you're working for Jesus and working through the Holy Spirit, you know, he give you all you need. When I interview with people and talk to them, I say basically what's in your heart. I want to know what's in their heart. What's their passion. <clears throat> and I've never turned anybody down to come out there and to do what we call a taste of prison ministry, the two-hour, you know, join us for two hours and see if this is for you. It's, it's, you know, like I said, only one person out of maybe 15 or 20. Actually, everybody who's out there has kind of gone through that. All of the, you know, I'd say probably 15 of them have, have all gone through this process, and we've never lost, no one's ever, never left except one was a doctor, and he was with me for three to four years, and he had a, a health issue. It could no longer walk down uh, the quarter of a mile, uh, uh, we call a bowling alley, to get to the dorm that we're at. So. <laughs> yeah, and I, I walked that mile with you, and I enjoy that, because as we walk, we see God is empowering us through the Holy Spirit, and I enjoy that walk there, because once I get to the end, I'll reach my door, I feel right. energized and ready to go. Right. So that, well, that, i got, I got to tell pleasure. the audience, though, about our prayer circle, all the volunteers out at Hutchins, before we go individually and do God's work that we've been called to do in the prison out there, we all get together and we have fellowship and we have prayer. And I Amen. just can't tell you guys how 
much that pumps me up when I go back out to do my work from my fellow brothers and sisters, all grabbing hands, all, you know, praying. That, to me, is, is as important as the work I do out there in those two hours. It's just so uplifting. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I, I feel the Holy Spirit has been poured out on us as we in this prayer circle here. And, you know, uh, Frank, and I, I just want to uh, commend you and encourage you on the work that you're doing down at that, uh, the faith-based dorm there. We know how challenging it can be, but because of your commitment and your dedication, it's making a difference in the young men's lives. Amen? Well, I'll tell and, you this. Please, I, I, I say this to, to, our, to our men out there, and I say, Here's two choices you have. You could be a billionaire, have everything in the world, all the wealth in the world, but never bring one person to Christ. Or you can be the barber down the street who doesn't have much, but has a lot of people, meets a lot of people, and he brings at least one person to Christ. Who would you want to be when your life is ended here on earth? I know what I want to be. I want to be that barber. Yeah, you're so, so right. And making a difference in somebody's life. And that's what our internet program is about, changing and challenging of men that we encounter to be all they can be. Because we know that this life offers a lot of challenges, but we're able to navigate through those challenges through the Word of God and being with men that are saying, hey, you know, God is no respect of person for what he done for one, he'll do for another. Amen. Now, now, Frank, tell us about your team there. I don't met those young. Uh, how many people do you have going out with you on, uh, at, at Hutchinson on a given night? On a given night, we have anywhere between four to six. And what, the way we operate the program there, what you don't understand too, is that we have a back office of probably oh six, seven, eight people uh, that do our other ministries that I talked about, finding the church, and another one I didn't talk about is the reentry, which I'll come back to next. But that's what we have, and uh, the way we're set up is that, you know, we have two kinds of things, activities out there. One is that you can be a speaker, and we have excellent speakers that have come to us from various churches, and I let them do the sessions. I really drop out of the sessions because I want them to have the experience, and I lead only one, two, healing and how to bring others to Christ. Those are very important. I personally lead those, uh, those two-hour sessions. And uh, the other is that you can be a table helper where you actually come out there and we go into this group discussion, sit down with the men, observe, and uh, they'll ask you comments and things like that. But we also have another innovations. In our group discussions, we have let the men become the leaders of those, and we train them Maybe. for that. We have brought people in that actually have trained. We did it recently about two months ago. And we want the men to take ownership of the whole group discussion you know, uh, uh, ministry that goes on after the talk is done. With regards to reentry, yes, reentry is wonderful, but the trouble is is that there's so few that ever get chosen to go into reentry because it's based on how much housing they can put people in. So, uh, you know, in our ministry of 58 men, I would say there's not more than five or six or eight that ever get into a reentry program. What happens to the rest? Well, nothing, except the program we set up, which is called uh, Notebook Ministry. Yeah, a little notebook. We have the men put down the things that they need that they can't get through on the Internet, things like that. And then we go out and we do research. We have volunteers that do the research, bring, come back and do the information. One example, a man wants to apply for a, a test that qualifies him to apply for a job to be a truck driver. He's asked us to get the test for him so we can study it, a book actually, a study book to take the test. Well, we're, we're getting it for him. 
And the reason why he wants to do this is that he wants to be able to, when he leaves prison, right away go out there and apply for a, for a truck driving job. If we had not intervened here, he could do nothing until he got out of, of prison. And so we're trying to save this person time by being able to execute a plan right away, have a focus, as opposed to trying to do all this stuff on his own when he goes out and have all the distractions that are in the world. And we know what who those who that distraction is. Yes, we do. Amen. And that is great. That is great. And you know that get young that get a man's hope too, just knowing that there's someone working and that's uh, uh, that they have something to look forward to because you know as they get ready to get out, sometimes they're lost and they say, you know, I don't want to do what I always done, but I have no choices. I have nothing available for me. So. I thank you for that uh, for that vision that you have to, hey, we'll meet these guys' needs. Because once they get out, they got to continue to live. they got to have right. a career. Right. Well, keep in mind, the Holy Spirit is behind all this. The need has been discovered, and the Holy Spirit has given us a way to solve it. Yes, we have. Amen. Now, now, Frank, now tell me, if someone would like to be a part of the ministry in which we're discussing right now, how would they be a part of uh, your ministry per se, and how do they get in t- uh, contact with you? Do you have a contact number, or a website? Well, they can. What they can do is they can just send me a, an email. That's the best, really. Okay, great. And I'll give my email over the phone. It's uh, this is my personal email: f d i r n. That's Frank for F, D for David, I for India, R for Run, and N for No. At Verizon.net, and then what I'll do is uh, we'll have a discussion over the phone, and then uh, we'll set up for you to come out there to join us. You know, one evening at at you know it takes us about three weeks to get a application to, uh, through Hutchins get it approved. Right, and that's true for everybody. And then once the date and time is set, we this is important too, I guess. I forgot to mention this. Uh, we're out there, Hutchins, every Thursday night from uh, 6 o'clock to 8.30. Yes, we are. And uh, it's important to get there around 6 o'clock to be in our prayer circle to get clear and everything else like that. And that's the okay. time, Thursday nights from 6 to 8.30. You'll be walking back out of the prison around 9 o'clock. Okay, great. Now, what, what we also do, Joe, is that we also have uh, prayer request forms. We have a prayer warrior, and what we do, we pass out in the very beginning of our, ser- of our service, of our, of our time out there, a prayer request sheet. And I'll tell you, we get these things coming in, in mass, and we send them off to our prayer warriors, and they're praying over these things. And sometimes I weep. I really weep when I see these prayer requests and how desperate these people are, you know what I mean? Uh, what would their lives be without us introducing Christ to them and giving them hope? Amen. Amen. Frank, this has been a great interview, and you have so much uh, information that you can relate to our audience, and we thank you for what you're sharing, and we pray that uh, that as this uh, broadcast is being uh, listened to, that it touched someone's heart and allowed them to say, what must I do? You know, because a lot of times God... He allows us to go through some things so we can be an encourager to someone else. And uh, and maybe uh, someone that's listening to this program, whether they're young or old, can be involved in this type of ministry and let God uh, bless someone through their experiences. Amen? Amen, Joe. We don't really care what your background is. You know, uh, that's great. You know, we really don't care. It's in your heart that we care about, that's all. 
Okay. Amen. Frank, as we get ready to close out, I would just like for you just to give our listening audience a word of encouragement as we get ready to end this interview. I would just like to say that uh, I have found tremendous power in the Holy Spirit, and I tell the men every week that when they get up in the mornings, they should pray. First, they read a chapter in the Bible, and they pray, and then they listen. Make this a habit. And as you do this, you'll become closer to God, and you'll be able to get and receive more help from the Holy Spirit. And the last thing I ask them to do is to pray for is to pray for wisdom, and for the Holy Spirit to enter them that day to fill them guidance. In Amen. Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. And we would like to do a follow up. Uh, with you, uh, with the upcoming year, to see how the ministry is going and what God is doing in your in your life and the ministry life. Okay, Joe. Thank you very much. I appreciate okay. this opportunity. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you next Thursday. Okay, you bet. You bet, brother. All right. Okay. God bless you. Uh, uh, before I let you go, uh, be mindful that this uh, that this broadcast is archived, and you can always go back and listen to it on BlogTalkRadio.com. Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much. God bless you, and we'll talk later. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Amen, amen. What a great interview we had, Brother Frank, as he introducing the ministry to us that we uh, that he's serving in down at the Hutchinson Jail Unit, and that's a great ministry, and there's a great need for it. And he gave you some information on how to be a co- become uh, active in that ministry, and we pray that you follow up on it. And as always, as always, we would like to just encourage you to be a part of of some type of ministry. You know, uh, this ministry is very dear to my heart, but it may not be what you're seeking at this time. I'm saying at this time because, you know, things changes, you know, but we like to bring uh, to our listening audience different Aspects of the ministry from our juvenile department, from our street ministry, and then from our jail and prison ministry. We hope that something could be said through the Word of God, through our volunteers that sharing, through our speakers that sharing the goodness of God that allow you to become a part of something great, something greater than we are. Because you know, I love the way the Scripture says, First John three and twenty said, "For if my heart condemn me." God is greater and knows all things. You know, Frank had just shared with us that it doesn't take very much skills to uh, uh, to do uh, this type of ministry. You just have to have that desire. You have to have that desire. And guess what? God, can, he, he can empower you. He can give you what you need. Amen. And as we get ready to bring on our next guest here, we'd just like to have a uh, slight induction here from our little brother, Gregory. And as he comes on, morning. share with My you. name is Gray Bun, and I am 11 years old. Ulysses is free on the inside. My papa, Diggy Joe Lewis. Amen. Thank you, that brother Gregory. That amen. And uh, uh, we're getting ready to cue in our next guest here. But again, that number to call in is one three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. And you can give us a call and and just share with us what's going on with you. Amen. And as we get ready to cue in our next guest here, we're gonna play. Uh, portion of this tune here and we pray that you've been blessed and we'll dial in our next guest. Amen. Amen.
of it. So say, for instance, I tell a young person, I say, well, peer pressure, and I give them a little bit about what peer pressure is. Like I say, young person, if you have to be by yourself, then I tell them, you know, it's better to be home alone than alone in jail. And I give them the scripture like that, and then I give them scriptures to tell them what happened. And then I tell them. Go right ahead. Okay, and then I said, well, you know, and as a young person, then I, through that book, I tell them about love. Of course, Tina Turner says, love, sings a song, what love got to do with it? And I tell them about love from God's perspective. From God's perspective, the song says, love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous, love does not brag. And then I give the uh, scriptures so they can understand that this is the biblical perspective of what love is. And then if they want to love is love in the preceding verses is the kind of love each young person or even older person should strive to obtain. And in choosing to love, guard your heart with all diligence. You can find someone who knows how to love, as the Bible tells us. Leave that person alone. Think about God's love for you. And then it tells you, and then it gives scriptures throughout there. Watch over your heart with all diligence. A time to love, a time to hate, a time to wear out, and a time for peace. And it talks about that. And then it tells you about courting. I have, some people might disagree, but I think courting versus dating, how we ought to court. You you court a person or you date a person. I believe you date, you go out, you have fun, you don't have sex, you don't you don't have premarital sex. You just go out and have fun. And then when you get decide to get married, then you date that person, choose to find somebody you're gonna court for the rest of your life. And I say this young person, as young Christians I urge you to enjoy life. Do not get serious about any one person until you have graduated from high school and completed your college education. Dating means that you go out with a person of the opposite sex. You date your friends because you should never date anyone you wouldn't want to marry. You should date as many friends as you would like, but they should be saved. Second Corinthians 6.14 says, do not be bound together with unbelievers. And then I talk about that. And throughout that book. And then I talk about sex, because we take sex to another level. The Bible describes sex outside of marriage as sin and fornication. Therefore, do not commit fornication. Webster describes dictionary states that fornication is sexual intercourse between unmarried persons. This type of sex will produce babies who have parents who live in two separate places. You will be depriving your child of a complete family. You will also limit your chances of completing your education. I encourage each young person to only have sex within the context of marriage. Boys will say, if you love me, then you'll have sex with me. This is just a ploy to get you to do what they want, and then they will leave you. And growing up, I find that boys only want 
only always wanted to marry the nice girls. You should avoid kissing and heavy petting because this leads to sex. First Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech conduct love. So this is what the book is about. And see, and then one other one is it talks about celibacy. There's a gift that God gives us called celibacy, but nobody teach our children that you can pray for the gift of celibacy. So all of that is inside of that last that book that I'm talking about, Youth in the Times. Hey, Amen. That's a great. Uh book there and uh and a great uh title to it because we know that our young men and women are going through quite a bit with the challenges of this world and with the different peer pressure we can see it just on tv alone how young girls at four years old are developing adult habits because they're not being shown the proper uh, uh way of life amen amen but, amen but uh but that is great that is great now tell me about your silver hair legislator as a civil heard legislator, what uh, we do for older Americans, you know, sometimes our older Americans just get pushed to the side, just totally pushed to the side. So what we do is we advocate for older Americans. I get elected. I'm an elected official, and I get elected. And what we do is we go to Austin and we gather resolution. If there's ever a resolution, anything that you think that needs to be resolved as an old American, one of the things that I uh, did, because I'm very in, in, involved with HIV and AIDS, I uh, uh, joined an organization, a friend of mine named Esther Doyle invo- invited me to an organization uh, on a board and uh, I didn't know much about HIV and AIDS at the time, and she invited me there. And I I got so engrossed in it because I could I did not know that in the neighborhood where I lived in Zip Code 16 in Oak Cliff, Dallas, HIV and AIDS was worse than anywhere in the United States. And so, my first task when I became a Texas Civil Rights Legislator was to pass a resolution for HIV and AIDS. And in this book that I wrote for young people, I tell them about HIV and AIDS because I do not want them to ever uh, underestimate this dreadly disease. So as a Texas Civil Rights Legislator, those are the kind of problems that we try to bring the awareness to America. We write resolutions for HIV and AIDS, for uh, home health care, for um, Medicaid, for Medicare, for those kinds of things. We advocate for our older Americans. For, say, for instance, the older Americans, if you're in a in a nursing home, your home, um, your allowance was only $35 a month they would give you for personal needs care. Well, we advocated for that so that could change, to go up from $35 to uh, $45 so it wouldn't change, and then it changed and went up to another amount. And so we keep it so it would be a stable amount of money. So those are the kind of things. 
and we have 117 of those people who work closely with our Texas state representatives to pass those resolutions when the session is in. So that's what we do. And so um, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go now, yeah. that is great, though, because, you know, sometimes we forget about our elderly people and we forget about the young people, and this is a great interview because you're covering both spectrums of life. And I'm excited about what you're sharing. Go on, my sister. Well, anyway, so that's what we do. We we go, and then I go out and do speaking engagements to do that. Like December 1st was HIV and AIDS Day World America and for the world. And most people don't know that because HIV and AIDS is growing among older Americans, and it's growing rapidly among Dallas keeps continuing to be number one. It just doesn't decrease. Urban League works with uh, the older men, I mean, with, with trying to, and see, I suggest as Christians, we are Christian station, so we suggest abstinence. But if you just cannot abstain and you, 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 you should use uh, some protection, and and we advocate that churches get involved in having uh, education, Christian education, in the church that I attend. We have a celibacy conference every year, teaching our children about HIV and AIDS education, and and we have to educate. We have to educate. If you don't educate, you are just um, you. It, it's just sad. So we have to educate. Uh, there's an HIV and AIDS day in Texas because uh, I, uh, I passed a resolution uh, with the other uh, Texas state uh, uh, um, uh, uh, legislators. We what would uh, help me push that legislative and Texas had the uh, day February the seventh, and then uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, with the help of um, of the city of Dallas and the Senior Affairs Commission Board that I served on with older Americans, we had an uh, April 24th. We had a Dallas HIV and AIDS Day. So those are the kind of things we need to be informed in and stay informed in. Because if we are uninformed for the lack of knowledge, we perish. That's what scripture says. For the lack of For the lack of knowledge we will pass. We're gonna end this interview right now. I wanna thank you once again for tuning in and joining this here uh episode of Free on the Inside. We had some great uh archives uh program that we presented to you. We pray that you'll be in care. We had Brother Frank that was sharing some information regarding the Weber Hutchinson Jail and his ministry out there in the guard part. And then we had our dear sister, uh, I think Frances is her name here. Uh, sister Frances was sharing with us about the book that she wrote regarding uh, AIDS prevention and also how she's active in the state legislature about senior citizen and AIDS, uh, and AIDS awareness and abstinence for our young people and how her church has found the uh, the need to kind of share that with our young people. We didn't realize that we could pray on these things, but when you when, when you feel like that you ain't, can't do it right, that stays in place to let you know until you get there. You know, God ain't offended by by your weakness and your shortcoming because I'm God and I am who I am. But sometimes we need a little something to get into. I'm not advocating those things there, but. 
but take advantage of those things until you get right. Because that way someone else will come to you and say, hey, I could do that, and I didn't do it right now, I'm sick. And you say, did you try to use some protection? No, I, I, I know protection ain't right, but you're sick. Which, which, you know, you got to weigh these things out here. And so we ask you to work out your own soul salvation. We want to thank you once again for listening to the program. Share this information. Go back and listen to it in its entirety. Our blog talk radio, uh, that archive section is called Jail and HIV and AIDS Awareness and Youth. So you can uh, pick that up on our our archive section of Blog Talk Radio and listen to it in its entirety. Uh, we're, t- we're going to get ready to log out now, but thank you once again for listening to the program. You definitely encouraged me by uh, by your listening ear, so we pray that something will be said to what we share with you today that allows you to say, I'm running for the Lord. Gracious and Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for this day, this time, this time. We thank you, dear Lord, for being God, Lord, and Savior. We thank you, dear Lord, for bringing to our word. It's the things, dear Lord, that that plague society, those things that we're facing on a day-to-day basis, dear Lord. And we know that we're not facing those things alone because you give us the Holy Spirit, dear Lord. You give us wisdom, dear Lord. The, uh, your word said to James, if any man like wisdom, let him ask God. God, I'm asking you, dear, if you don't have a hand. I'm asking you, dear Lord, to make a way out of no way. I'm asking you, God, to give me clarity, dear Lord, on things that I face to, Today, the Lord, as people, men and women, are being set free from various sin conditions, we want to give you an amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, dear Lord. We're thanking you, dear Lord, for ever-present, your ever-present help in time of need. Dear Lord, we ask you to bless our listening audience. Let them enjoy this day. Keep them safe until we meet again. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You're listening to Free on the Inside. Looking forward to being with you uh, next weekend at uh, the same time from 8 to 9 for another great episode of Free on the Inside with Minister Lewis and you as my guest. God bless you. Enjoy your day. <laughs>